This is the New Balls Happy Hour. I'm your host, Troy, and with my co-host, Felicity, we'll be speaking about news which makes us laugh, smile, and feel good. Welcome back to another edition of the Happy Hour. As always, I'm speaking to you with my co-host, Felicity. Hi. And how are you? How you, you doing? Today, oh, I beat you to it. <laughs> I was just about to sweep in. <laughs> I'm really good, thanks. We've had like the most amazing bout of weather, haven't we? And it just is so uplifting. It really is. It it's it's almost like the the heat wave we had last year when you know when people just started working from home, and I was in the back garden yeah. many a days with my laptop, sunglasses on. <sighs> So it's very, very close to that. I'm, I'm just so grateful for, for having a, a few days of, of good weather. Yeah, it just, it just makes you think more positively. Um, and I really hope that that continues because it's been such a long, bleak winter. I think we are all deserving of some long-term sunshine. I'm, every night I dream about just when my next holiday will be. And even if it's in 2022... I will holiday like I've never holidayed before. <laughs> uh, but do you have any destinations in mind yet or are you just waiting? So, okay, so you know me by now. Japan is 100% uh, mm. another goal. But also, yeah. to, to be honest, just, just anywhere with, with sun and great food. Mm. The ultimate combination. <laughs> what more can you ask for? So true. So true. So you're thinking beach, you're thinking city. I'm not a huge fan of the beach. I, really? And he, here's why. Tell me if I'm, if I'm right or wrong, but any good beach has just three things. Sun, sand, and sea. If I've seen it in one country... I personally don't think that I need to spend a whole lot of time with the same three elements in a different country. Oh, wow. The, um, my, my only exception are places where I, I think it's in Bermuda where they have beaches with, with that pink sand and those interesting oh, wow. things. So I would... So don't don't get me wrong. If I go to on holiday where there's a beach, I'll go there for for maybe a few hours. But I won't be there every single day, spending like three hours in the morning there. I'll maybe go there. Once. So so don't you find a beach holiday just the perfect R and R? Because that's that's why I would go to a beach to just completely relax, and I find it really restoring being by the sea. Just lying and just basking, really just resting. Do you not find? Do you not find that? I feel like that's a waste of holiday. Yeah, I, I get bored. I think it's a waste of holiday. Um, there's, if I'm in another country, there's so much culture. There's so much food to try. There's what I, what I like about going on holiday. Oh yeah, is just walking. Just sometimes, just have a day, just walk around and see where I end up, or see what I, I discover. That excites me much mm. more than just like lying down at the beach. No, I see what you mean. I, I totally get that. I, I think for me, the perfect holiday is just 
going to a, a location that you know you can do both you can explore you can immerse yourself in the culture um you know cities aren't too far away but you have got those rest days if you want them yeah i, I, I like to have options which yeah, yeah actually i i do have some options for you to choose from for uh, that or this question oh nice lead <laughs> um, to my answer, i'm proud of it <laughs> So, <laughs> <laughs> I can see. I can see. I saw your little eyes light up <laughs> at the opportunity. <laughs> so, if you were choosing your dream house, well, actually, no, forget that phrase. I was trying to say phrasing. <laughs> forget that phrasing. Um, would you rather never have to pay for another hotel? Or never have to pay for a flight again? Good good question. But I think my answer would be hotel because it means that once you get there, you don't have to think about anything. If it's all inclusive, you know. Once you're there, it's all sorted. You don't have to think about anything. You just enjoy yourself without considering the finances. <laughs> But then, so I, I've never stayed at an all all inclusive uh, resort for for this reason, because I like to go out and explore food so much. I I don't think I, that I'd gain all the benefits from an all, all inclusive. So how yeah, how, what what do you do with with that side of life? Okay, firstly, you're making me sound really uncultured, <laughs> which I don't appreciate. <laughs> I, I obviously love to, to go out and eat and taste local cuisine and things. But um, it's, again, just nice and comforting to know that if you didn't want to leave the hotel after a, after a long day of lounging on the beach, <laughs> it's sorted. But um, no, I think I would go for the hotel. I'm guessing you'd go for the flight then. You know, I, th- I, think, I, I think I would. I, I, you'd go for the oh, sorry, for, for the flight uh, like, yeah. don't get me wrong I, I like luxury in all the forms it, it comes in but there's something about going to the airport and being in you know, having my private VIP lounge so you know I don't have to, don't have to sit and wait with everyone anything there you know they, they bring stuff to me <laughs> or even being, being on, the, on the plane getting like, real oh. meals Having like a, mm-hmm. an entertainment center, a, a bed that I can, a bed that I can I can sit down and lie in. Oh, um, yeah. Okay, yeah. That, oh, now you've made me doubt mine. That does sound really good. Have you ever flown first class or or business? Of course not. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's. I thought you were about to say, of oh, course. No. <laughs> of course not. But it, it's in my plan. Oh. It's in my plan. Hopefully one day. Yeah. Maybe for my 30th. Do you know, um, which is coming up soon. There you go. Um, sorry for anyone listening. Troy just dropped his glasses. Yeah. Getting quite excited. I just slapped them off my face. <laughs> um, let's move on to your positive news this week, Troy. What have you got for us? So I have a story which revolves around the Amazon rainforest. A small airplane and spider monkeys. Right. Okay. 
Sounds like a riddle right now. <laughs> Plus, some people do say that I speak in riddles, but I'm not trying to at this point. So, okay. our good friend, uh, you know, a, a friend of the podcast, and Antonio Senna, who's not an actual friend of the podcast, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Senna, he... As a result of the coronavirus, he, he needed another way to make money. So he joined an illegal gold mining ring. You know, he, uh, he, he's a pilot, right. qualified pilot. So his job was to take fuel, I think, de- yeah, fuel, specifically diesel, not integral to the story. <laughs> but his job was essentially shipping fuel to a remote location. Now, as he, was, as he was flying over the Amazon rainforest, possibly one of the worst things to happen in a flight or in an aircraft, his engine went out. Now, I think that I cope well under pressure. I'm no pilot, mm. but I would not have any clue what to do apart from scream, pray, and probably cry in, in that scenario. I feel like it would probably be most pilot and most humans' worst nightmare, that situation. Yeah, but he, he, but he had some quick thinking. <laughs> he said that he, as, he was, as the plane was going down, he, in the distance he saw, he saw kind of like a river or, or like a ravine, even though at this point I'm right. not exactly sure what a, a ravine is, but he saw a r- ravine. <laughs> And decided that that would be the safest place to do a crash landing rather than in the tall trees of the Amazon rainforest. See, I think that's such testament to his instinct. Because I think if it were me, I wouldn't be thinking, where's the best place for me to crash land? I'd just be like, I'm going to crash land. Ah!" Yeah, I think I would be, mine would be very much like a Looney Tunes scenario. It would just be be me screaming and just... (laughs) Circling around, circling around in the air. Yeah, exactly. We do. But now somehow his survival instincts did kick in. So he was in the Amazon by himself for 36 days. Wow. And. That's a long time. Way too long for any person. And when you think of the, the different wild animals, the, the poisonous, the dangerous wild animals in there. I don't want to be in the Amazon by myself for 36 minutes, <laughs> let alone 36 days. No. Yeah, I'm with you there. But, you know, true to his quick thinking or his smart thinking, he figured that most predatory animals, they would be low down on the ground. So when it came to nighttime, he would sleep up on hills to, you know, to avoid having to go toe to toe with a, I'm not even sure which animals are, are in there, but having to go toe-to-toe with an orangutan or, or something along those lines. <laughs> There's a sentence you never thought you'd say. <laughs> and a sentence <laughs> I hope I never have to experience. But yeah. then some spider monkeys, they kept on trying to destroy his, like his tent or his bedding, which he made. But right. those same spider monkeys actually helped him to survive. Now, I'm pretty sure that he hmm. wasn't Tarzan or George of the Jungle in, in terms of survival. But because, because of a... Yes, I've been waiting to say that. But because of a fruit which the, which the monkeys were eating, that helped him 
you know, he, he noticed that they kept on eating this particular thing. So one, he knew that they were safe to eat. And two, he knew that if he just had enough of them, he would be able to survive. So whilst having to walk 17 miles across 36 days in the Amazon rainforest, he survived unscathed because one day he heard the sound of a chainsaw and I'm assuming just absolutely pegged it over <laughs> over there. <laughs> so my my main take Wow. So so my main takeaway from from the story is that you know not all, all heroes wear capes. Sometimes hero may be peeling bananas. That's such a great line, Troy. And uh, so I'm I'm curious. Reflective takeaway. <laughs> but Felicity, I'm curious, if you were stuck in a similar position, which items would you want to have with you to ensure your safety? Maybe just everyday household items. Oh. Um, well, I guess I feel like a knife or a pair of scissors would be handy. <laughs> a pair of scissors? <laughs> they cut through things. Okay. <laughs> um... Like a fire lighter. Like a candle or a fire A match. <laughs> oh, think. a candle's actually quite a good one as well, both. Definitely joking <laughs> when I said fire, when I said candle. Okay, but yeah, a knife, a candle. Oh. Okay, maybe not a candle. Um, maybe matches would be more... Appropriate. Yeah. But then you don't forget you're in the middle of the jungle as well. Maybe that's not a good idea. Like fire. Yeah, but you, I'm, I'm assuming that you would need fire at some point. Hmm. Um, tinned food. Yeah, because not everyone would be as fortunate as Antonio Senna and have monkeys to let him know what he can and can't eat. <laughs> yeah. What would your items be? I'm assuming that a magic carpet is out of the, out of the question because that would be my number one item. <laughs> Well, yeah, we're talking real life, real life items. See, it's it's not easy, is it? Okay, I, I think I would have to copy you and definitely go for, for the knife. Oh, there we go. I'll say knife, rope, and... Oh, rope, yeah. See, I, I, I didn't go to Pathfinder, so I don't know how to make a fire. Uh, so I'll probably say matches. A knife, rope, and matches. That would be my, my go-to. Mm-hmm. And possibly about 100 episodes of Bear Grylls. <laughs> every, every episode of Bear Grylls that's ever been released. Oh, Okay, so my story this week then, before I go into it actually, without trying to sound too morbid, <laughs> um, if you could pick your very last ever meal, what would that be and why? I, th I think it would have to be a huge range of things. So one item... It has to be one, Troy. Oh, just one. Just one. Like your last ever one meal. I think you underestimate my ability to fit many things into one meal. <laughs> <laughs> Is this me or, or just a normal person we're on about? <laughs> okay, a Troy version then. Go on. There we go. Okay. So it would have, it would probably be down the soul food route, but with a Caribbean twist. So mm -hmm. there would have to be some 
fried chicken, macaroni and cheese. There's yeah. No, no, I said no, there's more. Um for 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 desserts, probably some banana. Oh, we're going into courses. Yes. For <laughs> for dessert, my grandma's birthday cake. She makes the best cakes known to man and I will that is a hill oh. which I will die on. And also <laughs> within within the main some coleslaw, maybe some potato salad and and you know garlic bread. You know, I, garlic bread's always a great addition to a meal. Okay. Very carb heavy. You, you didn't and sorry I uh, say so the, yes. the the Caribbean twist and probably some ackee and salt saltfish and curry goats. Oh, that sounds amazing. I'm just so hungry now. <laughs> That's why okay. I get there. Interesting. Okay. Well, this week's positive story is centered around a chef who was willing to go the extra mile and then some. And when I say and then some, I actually mean 530 miles to make sure that a loyal customer of his got to enjoy her favorite meal one last time. So this story is centered around um, the owner of a restaurant in Baltimore. His name is Steve Chu. And he learned that one of his longtime customers was losing her battle with cancer, very sadly. Um, And so this woman's daughter um, had said that her mum had quoted, when I'm on my deathbed, I want to have broccoli, tempura broccoli from this this particular restaurant, which is an Asian fusion restaurant. Tempura is so good. It's it, it's so good, so good. We might have to add that onto the onto the <laughs> list. Um, so the this woman's son-in-law, he got in contact with either Steve himself or, mm-hmm. or the restaurant, yep. um, asking for a recipe for this dish. But rather than sharing it, the chef Steve offered to make a six-hour drive to Vermont, from Baltimore to Vermont, to cook it for her in person, which wow. is have, amazing. Have you ever had to drive for, like, six or more hours? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Not driving myself, but being a passenger, yes. Oh, it is the worst. So to be able to to just hop up and do that just off the... From a request for someone who you may not even fully know properly, it's I, I think yeah. it's amazing. It's such an amazing initiative. It just, it just radiates kindness. Um, so after confirming the plans with the daughter and the son-in-law, um, the owner got his pickup truck together, brought a business partner and a restaurant worker, and the three of them tracked over to Vermont. Um, they, the next morning, they lit up the fire, the grill, and they got cooking. <laughs> when the woman opened the door and saw... Um, saw Steve who she was familiar with being obviously a long time Mm -hmm. um, customer she couldn't she just couldn't believe that they had turned up and done this Um, it says here it was almost impossible for her to just even fathom that he'd be willing to travel from Baltimore to Vermont just to cook her this one meal Um, but for Steve 
the gesture just didn't seem far-fetched. Um, he knew that he was lucky to have such a long-term mm-hmm. client and he felt that it was only right to pay back some of the kindness that he had received from her with her support as um, as a restaurant visitor. And apparently he recognized her the minute he saw her um, because she'd made a real impression. She'd always made a point of praising the food whenever she went to the restaurant. To be honest, be, being recognized at your favorite restaurant is one of the top five feelings for, for a foodie. <laughs> and it must be. It's definitely one of the top five, especially because you usually get some extras as well. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so true. I think one, um, I think one day we'll... So, oh, sorry. No, no, go on. I think one day I'll, I'll do an episode on how to get noticed at your favourite restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Steve and his business partner and restaurant worker, they, they were offered to stay and have dinner for the night, but they went back. They decided to go back to Baltimore and refused to take any payment for their time um, spent traveling and cooking. Um, and apparently the, the daughter of this woman had reported that the generosity of them had left her mother in tears of gratitude. Um, and they had plenty of leftovers to stand them to lunch for the following day. Um, and just a quote from, from Steve, the owner, he said, she's a lovely lady who has showered us with love at our restaurant for years it was a powerful experience. And I'm happy that we could make it happen. And I thought, what a what a takeaway that is in itself. So one one thing which, which I was thinking as I was listening to the story is now me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a forgetful person. I am known to leave things at people's houses. So in my head, I'm in my head, I'm just imagining that he's driven <laughs> to Baltimore, and then I know he's like. He, I don't know he's left the broccoli or so or, or something like that. He <laughs> he only had like half of the half of the ingredients. <laughs> but, oh, but, <laughs> uh, but but to know that people have have that sort of selflessness and, and and generosity that they're you know from from what you said it doesn't even seem like it's a second thought to him to be like okay loyal loyal customer this is what she requested I'm out I'm out of here which is yeah it's. It's great to see. I think sometimes adversity brings out the best in us. Mm, it's so true. I mean, the the son-in-law, all he wanted was a recipe. He could have just typed something out over an email, over a DM, whatever, and, and sent it and, and, you know, just wished her luck. But actually, just to go the extra mile, just to make someone, just to make someone's day. And in a way, you know, the effort was was large, but the um, the gesture was simple. It's just sharing the joy through through food, through something that they're both so passionate about. Yeah. Um, it's like you said the 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 effort the effort was large. the The gesture was simple, but I think the reward would would have been the greatest thing for for all parties involved mm-hmm. for for the Absolutely. for the woman and her and her children and also for for the restaurant mm. owner because if if you imagine like every single time he now makes that dish you know she's going to be the the one the one in his mind it could it could even serve mm. as an extra motivation where he's like okay if someone loves this dish so much 
I'm going to put you know extra effort into it that every single person who walks through these doors that they get the same experience as I, I didn't catch mm. your name, but as as the the lady. One thing that um, that that's just made me think of as well is it's amazing how certain situations spring up in life. So they're all from different walks of life. Yet the son-in-law decided to do something that was, you know, on his mind. And now they're all interconnected in this situation. And together they've created something that they will never forget. Just by, by people from random walks of life, being involved in each other's lives for not even a full day and how that's going to impact something for the rest of their lives, I just think is incredible. And then even the the ripple effects it will have, because I mean, we're here now speaking about this just from yeah, yeah. A, a simple simple request from, from the son-in-law. Mm, mm. I thought that was a really, really heartwarming story. And you're right, you know, in many situations, adversity does, it really does bring out the best in so many people. Yeah, and, and you never know how much uh, a thought or what even you may think is a throwaway comment, how much that can mm. that can help or impact someone. It's So it also reminds me to be careful and to be mindful of, of what we do and say to to each other or about other people because we we never how sure we <laughs> we're never sure how <laughs> there we go sentence structure <laughs> we're, ne- we're never sure how that will impact someone negatively or even positively because i mean think of how yeah. much worse it would have been if if the chef steve was like no i'm 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 not going to give you my recipe i'm not going to drive down to baltimore mm. it would have left like, a real sour taste in their mouth <laughs> It's so true. And we're all capable of kindness. We're all capable of following what I believe is a natural instinct to just be there for someone in any in any aspect of of someone's situation. There's always a chance, always a, an opportunity to to be kind. So I think that that's quite a good lasting thought for for this podcast this week, I think. Very well. So, without further ado, I've been your host, Troy. I've been your co-host, Felicity. And we'll speak to you next week. (laughs) Bye. See you then.